Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sportland Training and Fitness Sports Talks Podcast, the people behind the posts. Now, constantly, over the last two or three years, all we've heard of is what people are doing in their day-to-day life, in the gym, in their business, and everyone's coming up pretty much with the same things. And you know what? I'm a little bit bored of that. So what I'm here to do is to find out the reasons why people are doing what they're doing. Find out what has scared them. Find out what's put them outside their comfort zone. Find out really what makes them tick, because that's where the magic happens. That's what's exciting, and that's what's gonna help you, and it's gonna help me push forward in our careers. And you know what? Just have a little bit of a conversation as well while we're at it, because at the end of the day, I listen to these in my car, I wanna be entertained. So maybe I can help entertain you. Hello and welcome back to Sports Talks, understanding the people behind the posts. I am your host, the one and only, the only one that can have the right to the name Sportland, Sam Portland. I uh, am back today with Dash Buncher from America after the wonderful reception I had with my podcast with Mike Guadango. Um, apologies for the delay. I've gone back into pre-season with the professional club that I work at, and as if anyone knows and understands what that is like, it is uh, like the scene from Jumanji when the zoo animals are running through the street. I think that's the best way to put it. So, enough of me talking. Um, just again, I'd like you to share this via social media. Let's get the message out there. And again, I promise you, I have some top quality guests lined up talking real things, understanding real people and cutting out the bullshit. So for now, I will uh, let the podcast run. And just halfway through, the connection drops out, but picks straight back up again. Um, so bear with that. Thanks again, and I will see, speak to you soon. So, ladies and gentlemen, probably no boys and definitely no girls, this is Sports Talks. I am Sam Portland, and we are back with another episode of The People Behind the Post. Today, I am here with Dash Buncher from Santa Rosa out in uh, USA. Which anyone apparently it is uh, about an hour from San Francisco, so that gives us a good idea where he is. He's probably chilling out in the sun right now. Um, so, Dash, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Um, I enjoy the time difference as much as you are, I'm sure. How about you just give a little bit of a brief introduction so people get a bit of perspective? Well, you know, my name is Dash Muncher, as you already said. Uh, I've been a strength coach for about six years i uh i started apprenticing under Derek hansen uh before that i played uh college football started at scottsdale community college went to alabama a&m then i had a drop down transfer to a division two and i looked all over the u.s and my buddy was playing in canada he said we're a canadian school transferring to d2 going to play the american game and i was like all right i'll come up i'll come play it was a great experience, one of the best choices I ever made in my life because it led me to Derek and becoming a strength coach, you know, that's where everything started and that just got the ball rolling in my life, which was awesome. I went to, from a HBC, so historically black college, where I was one of four white guys on the football team, which 
then I didn't see it. Now I realize that made me a better coach because it just put me in a, a different culture where I had to learn how to communicate a lot differently than I was used to. You know, a kid from California, all of a sudden you're in the South on a, you know, all African American team. So that was, yeah. uh, that was different. And then, uh, go up to Simon Fraser where the team names the clan, the Scottish clan. So that, that was, that was different in itself. And then, uh, you know, I, I finished my football career and I was like, okay, do I want to learn from these football coaches who I just didn't, didn't think they're that good. Like, you know, I had better high school coaches in my honest opinion. And, you know, there's a good D line coach, but, and then I had Derek, and Derek took me from a four nine one, and I, mind you, I got there my junior year, so and basically one full training year, calendar year, he took me from a four nine one to a four seven flat. I did twenty two reps at two twenty five, took me to thirty reps. So he changed me as an athlete. And uh, yeah. when I first got there, I called my junior college coach. I was like, "Oh, this guy makes me squat three days a week. I don't get it." Like I, you know, I was like any any pampered American athlete just complaining, you know, I didn't get why Derek was making us do this stuff. And then it worked. I bought in hundred percent, saw the results. I'll always do what my coach says. Cause that's just who I am when it yeah. comes to that kind of stuff, but I'm going to question it. I need to know why. And I saw the results and I was like, I want to learn from you. I want to, I want to, can I intern with you? And Derek's first words to me were, it was, uh, yeah, we'll see if it works. You know, how about you show up uh, next week when training starts? And this was basically – so that would have been two weeks after our season finished and goes, yeah, you train your own teammates. And we'll, we'll see if it works. Wow. Deep end, mate. <laughs> For those people that um, may not know, do you want to give a little bit of insight to who Derek is? So Derek Hansen is – if most of you should probably know who Charlie Francis is, and if you don't, in my honest opinion, shame on you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Charlie's one of the best speed coaches who ever lived, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, I wish I got to meet him just because all the video I see of him talking, the high-low system, everything people know about speed. There's a few guys who really get it, and Charlie's one of the guys who kind of developed a lot of it, right? Yeah. And uh, smart people make complex ideas simple and Charlie was great at that from what what I can see and what Derek's told me and there's a lot of footage of Charlie over the years and Derek was I think I want to say 12 or 14 years I'm not sure on the exact number but that's Derek was the guy with the camera he was helping doing all the stuff you know he was learning and just seeing how everything was going on so I, I know he was always there in the background yeah and I, I know his heavy involvement and uh and and that's that's how Derek but Derek because of Charlie he got introduced to Al Vermil. Al Vermil at the Bulls had I think it was like it was a ridiculous amount of money that he got each year to bring in coaches yeah. and he brought in you know Charlie to work with the Bulls but then his brother Dick Vermil when he was at the Rams uh brought in Al because they needed to work with um Isaac Bruce, I think it was, was the receiver. And they brought in Charlie to help with some of the stuff. And Derek got to meet Al Vermeil because of that. Then he got introduced to Al Miller, um, Don Chu. Don Chu wrote all the plyo section in the NSCA book. Don Chu's a legend in himself. So is Al Miller. You know, Vermeil, obviously. He should yeah. up Vermeil's pyramid. He's a great coach. Then Rob Panarello, he's a physio strength coach out in New York. And, 
he's a class a human well all these guys i mentioned are they they always give you the time of day where some of these younger coaches when i say younger i'm saying 40s 30s who are in big spots won't even respond to you where these guys who've done it won the championships wrote the book they'll give you the time of day and they'll even if you're an intern they'll call you coach and they respect they'll give you the respect and it's that's a rare thing man so it, it, that's who Derek was around so he's had all these great mentors which to me I, I call it the pedigree right well it's yeah. what it's called but he 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 has the pedigree which that that in itself is rare you know good coaches who coach coaches too right and that's what out right yeah too right too right none of this protection of knowledge stuff it you know give what you want the most of you know well you see and you can give away a program like i'll give someone a program but the it doesn't matter because they're not going to implement it the way i would unless they were there seeing yeah. how i implemented it and it's not a week they need to be there for a few months and truly understand how i go about implementing things or how I saw Derek do it, which he got to see how Charlie did it all, yeah. and and that's kind of how the the transition of it all goes, you know. Hundred oh, percent. That, that's that feel. That's the that's the eye. You know, that's the magic touch, and that's you can only get that from time and and, and really being in it, can't you? No, hundred percent. That and that's 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 what it's about. I don't know. Building those relationships, right? We were talking about that earlier. Yeah, no, 100%. I completely agree. And, you know, like I would said, and everyone listens, and this is a, one of the the main reasons why I get guys like yourself on and get people on that, you know, I, to any of the listeners, this is the first time I've ever spoke to Dash on the phone. We've swapped some messages. We have a mutual friend in common. But I'm getting to know him right now on this podcast, and that, and that's what it should be about. Totally. I got to, that's, you know, it's funny you say that. Like, I had a phone call about this job I'm, uh, I'm about to get. Uh, I talked to, his name's Kyle Holland. He's, uh, he's, uh, the tactical performance operations out of, I think, Savannah, Georgia for the Army. And, uh, we, we sat there and talked and the guy switched on. I'll say that at first, but, uh, you know, he gets it. He, he, he uh, he, you know, we we're talking about Brett's book, how, you know, it's a book on how to create buy-in and I forgot what you just said about it, but uh, if you need a book to create it, that means you may not get it. And There's a lot of people on social media who say, oh, I, I get it, but then you go watch them and it's like, do you really get it? Do you really know how to communicate to your kids or your athletes? Because you yeah. talk about it, but I, I don't see it. And no, so 100%. I think it's two, two different things right yeah definitely and uh, 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 what i said was in the, and by no means disrespect to brett he's going to be coming on i got a lot of time for the guy but it said you know buy a book that says learn how to uh read people because i can't read people you know so well, yeah. well brett can read people that's why he yeah. wrote the book and I, I know what you're saying that would be the the title for it but you're right no brett's a switched on he's a great human brett's the one who got me in touch with uh kyle holland uh yeah no and Kyle, was, Kyle's, uh, he has a sweet pedigree too. It was a good conversation. I went out to America a couple of years ago and literally, oh, I went out to Altis, which was then the World Athletics Center. And we met yeah. met Brett there. And he, um, we had just put it out on Twitter. It's like any good coaches that we can meet whilst we're out here. And he came, we were at, at Exos then. 
came, spent an hour with us on his lunch break, and just gave up all his time. And since then, I've I've kept in contact with him, even though he's busy. Or he's just he's a he's a top class guy. That's all you can say. Totally. He he took. Uh, I went down to L.A. to go. Just he did the same thing. Took his lunch break with me, and we we sat there and talked for an hour. And he is. He's he's one of those guys who will give you the time of day, no matter who you are. And that's, I think that's rarer than common. And that that. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that sucks, right? And I think it, it leads quite nicely to something that's really, that is really, really important to me. And it's that whole notion of work-life balance. And, like, I get it. And I, I'm part of it. Like, I love what I do. It's a, it's a choice. We're, we're really fortunate that we have a passion and we get paid to do it because it's not a job. It isn't a job. No. And it's more, if the day you call our job work, you need to get out. Yeah, a hundred percent. And there was, um, and I think he preaches a really good message about having that work-life balance, as you quote unquote, um, because I do think it's important. And, and I guess it, what he's doing is preaching the same message as we do to our athletes, just about taking rest and learning how to switch off. What do you think? Yeah. No. Um taking rest and switch off it, it's it's you don't see it because these kids will go home and they'll they'll sit there and just switch on to a video game and they'll they'll or they'll do homework right you know and then they're up till odd hours in the night or they're the kid who's partying so they don't get rest yeah. and then they're back in it, at least for the american system right they're back in it at 6 a.m or if they have classes for seven so they go until 6 p.m sometimes later depending on homework or night classes and they don't sleep right because they they want to live that life for the most part you see it they want to live that life of either having a girlfriend or hanging out with their buddies and playing video games or trying to do homework so the in the college system i <laughs> rest is something that's not really there no for coaches i it's funny like you something me and my buddy matt birch who uh he was Brett's first intern. He IGA'd with him at Southern Illinois. And me and Matt always talk about it like, you know, I'll ask you. So, Sam, you're a strength coach. So what what do you do? What do you do for fun? Yeah. yeah. What do you do for fun? Tell me. Me. Uh, well, at the moment, I'm uh, converting uh, an old school bus into a camper van. That's quite good fun. That's a bit of a hobby. Uh, of mine. But that's and that's rare that the, some of these strength coaches, most strength coaches, will respond to that with, "Well, fun is being in the weight room, is coaching." It's like, well, Matt's into anime. He, he's a geek. I, I love Matt. He's a good dude. But you know, but we all have our like. Some of the most grounded coaches I know have their thing outside of coaching. You know, we all love it. That's why we do it. But what do you do outside of it? And I think that's that's a big part of this. The the work and uh, rest balance that you were talking about yeah. and that Brett talked about, right? Yeah, you, that, is, that is perfect. You are in my office, Dash. This is brilliant. Um, because it's true. I was actually going to touch on exactly the same point. Because you have to. You have to have something else. Because what you, like when you go to, what you do to nine to five or six till three or whatever, that is, that's not you. You do that because it's a product of your motivation to achieve something. And for us, we love helping people. But at the same time, I like to make things. I build things. Like I built my own gym. If I wasn't a coach, I'd probably be a carpenter. Um, 
So and I, okay. I climb mountains as well. Like I hike on my off season. I we did I did three mountains in four weeks, just small ones, but getting out there. Those those are the bits and pieces because because you have to come away. You have to come away from these things to understand the whole process as in itself. That's how I believe. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on. Like my thing is, and uh, you know, my, my thing is playing intramural sports, whether it's rec softball or uh, pickup basketball down at, at the rec, and uh, yeah. that's that's my escape. Just because I'm a team guy, I like being around people and communicating and teasing. I'm the biggest heckler out there sometimes. Like nice. we're playing we're playing rec softball last night, and I'm I'm out in right field yelling. It's slow pitch, you know. You know, it's very slow, and I'm yelling, "Give him the mustard!" You know, <laughs> throw the hot sauce at her. It, you know, I just like have fun with it. it, yeah. it. No, 100%. but that's that's my thing, right? Yeah. I can only do that. I got, I'll have to figure something else out as I get older, right? But yeah, we'll see. You'll be all right. The, the, the joint replacements and everything, stem cells on the up, we'll be fine, man. I re, I refuse to to let all that stuff slide. I'm staying in the game hey. as long as possible. Alver Mills seventy two and he still Olympic lifts throws the dot the discus and the shot put. Yeah. He made him and his wife Olympic lift together and he's seventy two. Guys, incredible. He's gold. Yeah, and that you know, and that that is not an accident that he's still doing that now. Oh no, he he runs on high premium unleaded gas only. That guy moves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Um, so you, you said a little bit about the um, the military. And, and those bits and pieces what's um we talked about it's just it's something that's coming up for you you know what what's um what's driving you to to be involved with those guys um it came up through uh one of my uh, professors at southern illinois he had a student who uh dave dave's a dave's a guy who works for t3i he reached out to me about a position and it's uh we're working with the special forces for the the Air Force, and it'll be out in Texas. Um, I, I, th- I think I get the contract later and later this week, and we're going to go through it all. But it's looking like a good bit. Like I, I said earlier, to me, the big factor is I have people who served in my family in the armed forces, and that's something I never did because I played sport, right? And you know, I want to go college. And our our family, if you want to go college, you got to get a scholarship. Both my sisters did, so I had I had to go about the same way, right? And yeah. so. Uh, I look at it as an opportunity to give back because I I feel like, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm great or a legend strength coach because I'm nowhere near that. But I think I'm you know at least at average. I want to believe I'm above average. I think I I, I get it at some level, yeah. and so I think I could really help out because it's you know it goes back down to the thing. What are the demands of the sport? And I think the the archaic way of training for the military of just running miles and doing stuff. It's it's. These guys are carrying packs. Yeah, they need to be able to jog a few miles, but they also need to be sprinting to be able to avoid being under fire, right? And yeah. these are discussions I still have to have because I don't know all the demands, right? But this is just what I think from TV, right? I don't yeah. really know. So, but I think I can uh, bring something to the table and add value there, and I, I it'd be rewarding on a different level that I've ever had, like. Uh, I, I had a few uh, baseball players that I, I trained at Southern Illinois that got drafted yesterday. I reached out to them and I just said, "I'm really proud of you guys." And you know, I got some thank yous back. And to me, like they're like, "Oh, without you, your training, blah blah blah." And I was like, "No, nah, guys, you did the work. I just 
I gave you a map. You did it all. I can't take credit for anything you did. I'm just, I'm just really happy for you guys because you did the work. You guys are stud kids. And to me, that's what it's about when kids or athletes or guys come back to you and they, they say thank you. And it's like, cool, that, that's, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's just that um, appreciation of it, you know. The, 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 the cheapest thing in the world is um, manners, and they go a long way. <laughs> They do, don't they? They go a long way. You know, I was working for a professional organization where probably four out of the squad of 40 would ask me how I was when I said good morning to them. You know, making those four guys, those four guys sit in your mind, you're like, those are good dudes, right? 100%. 100%. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's very interesting. And, and you know, I think, I think, you know, going into being involved with the military is, is hats off to you mate it's, it's a very very admirable thing to do i think i think you're gonna find find some incredible things i think it's gonna be well i have to do another podcast in like six months time or, or whatever and just just well just it's about it's that. it's not mine yet so i have to do something to get the job like yeah. when i get there after a mile and a half in uh, 12 minutes a uh, 10 minute break then a 500 meter swim which is not timed and then 48 sit-ups and 40 push-ups and eight pull-ups which i'm not too concerned about that yeah. but uh where i've only been olympic lifting and powerlifting for the last couple of years <laughs> I, i've gotten up to about 280 and you know my numbers speak for it like i'm pretty strong i think yeah relatively well I'm, I'm strong for someone who's clean right i'm not on the gear or the gas whatever you want to call it yeah and uh <laughs> so my mile time, I started and it's embarrassing. But then I thought about, I was like, no strength coaches run, and I kind of threw out a little challenge on my Instagram to a few coaches, but I haven't heard anything back. Uh, but my mile time was 18 minutes the first time I did it, and I was like, wow, this is embarrassing. And, and I uh, uh, today, three weeks later, I, I got down to, or sorry, yesterday, 8:40. And that's to me, that's a big deal. I mean, I've been working on this, so it's it's cool to see that I know how to train and I'm getting there. Yeah. And you know, something that came from that was a conversation I had with Derek about uh, you know, how, how how should I approach this, what should I do? And I was like, Man, I'm embarrassed about this time. Like this this is this sucks. And he, he goes, you know, you don't survive in the wild lifting heavy shit. You survive by running either way from shit or to eat shit. And I just I thought it was the best best quote ever because it, it's spot on though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true, man. It is true. So you like it sounds like you've you've got a pretty close relationship with Derek. Yeah, I um I don't know. I, I, I at, I look at him as kind of like he, he, he was there as my coach for two years and then I apprenticed him over three and a half years so five and a half years spending time with Derek and I, I was the athlete when I had downtime I'm in my strength coach's office so he yeah. probably there's times he probably got annoyed with me for sure and you know if he listens to this he's probably nodding his head and uh but uh I, I look at Derek as kind of like you know, his stepdad for a wit. Uh, it was, I think it was like two years ago. He called me brother for the first time, and I'm like, bro, man, I'm looking at you like, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, big mentor. But I was like, cool, that's awesome. It is, is a feeling of validation, which was really cool. It meant a lot, you know. Yeah, I, I guess you know, um, he's a he, 
you know, a lot of if you know who he is, you've you've got a tremendous amount of respect for him just because of what he does in in the field. But then you must have you've got a great insight to actually who he is, and you know. That's, uh, yeah, that's no, he's, he's he's a good human. He takes you talk about like you know, Brett's all over social media, and you know that he gave you time. Derek's the same way. Yeah, uh, he, he, anybody reaches out to him. He'll give you the time of day. He's that kind of person, you know. But that's who his mentor was, and that's who Alver Mill is. These guys that, you know, taught him. And yeah. so there'd be times where we'd be up in the office, he'd be doing manual therapy on someone, working on someone, yet trying to respond to an email and then taught and teaching all of us uh, apprentices. There, there's four of us at the time, and it was just like. The man's plate was always full and having a family and being able to go home and still do dad life. Like, yeah. I'm impressed with the guy, right? Yeah, that is. Because you, know, you know the demands of being a strength coach, but then also running your own website and all the extracurriculars that he did as far as reaching out to other coaches and continue to work on people and then develop four young coaches. Like, he gave us every – Every week we'd meet for two to three hours and he'd lecture to us. Or sometimes he gave us challenges as far as a class like, hey, you, you two are against med balls. You two are pro med balls in 10 minutes. You're going to present why as a pro team I want med balls or something like that. Yeah. Or he brought in different specialists to teach us. But he gave us that time on top of all the other hours every day that we got. Yeah, yeah. that's that's I like that. And I, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, do you Do you tell him? how much you've appreciated his help and does he does he really know oh yeah 100 percent, he does but yeah. uh, that's that's who i am like my former mentor uh at southern illinois cleet mcleod he knows you know cleet's biggest gift to me cleet's good at making better he, he's if you if you understand this quote he's good at making coaches better so he's a good coach himself because he yeah. gets out of coach but he makes coaches better coaches. Yeah. You know, he put me in an uncomfortable position and made me teach classes because I, I wasn't too great at presenting and standing up in front of a classroom setting. Now in a weight room, we're out on the pitch. Yeah. Um, I, I handle my own, but you know, in the classroom, it, it, it's a different game. So mm-hmm. he made me teach classes for the kinesiology department, wow. and he made me better. Right. Yeah. And then Kier challenged me in ways also, and I let Kier know he made me better. And that, but that's who I am as a coach. Like, if you help me, you're going to know you help me because it means the world to me. Because I'm all about self growth and getting better as a coach, so I can help my athletes. Yeah, it's that because I think it it takes it takes a certain level of being happy and comfortable showing vulnerability. Because in saying that how much someone's helped you or really giving someone back the gratitude that you have for them because some people find it difficult i think i think it's 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 not they find it difficult i think it's a insecurity and ego thing people don't want to let other people know that you know what i mean they're, they're really insecure about themselves yeah. so i think it's more of or their coaching ability whatever whatever it may be i think it's an insecurity and ego issue you know where i you know, for first couple of weeks, you know, the quote that I got was, don't be a dick. And, you know, it's not about you. Let your ego go. It's about your athletes. And that I've kind of held on to that for a long time because it it's always true, you know? Yeah, 100%. I was, the interns that, I, that come in uh, with us um, 
at Ealing at the moment and um, it's like rule one just don't be a dick you'll be fine it's, a, it's an important rule it really is like you know so people aren't going to remember the guy who held the door but they're going to remember the guy who was a dick <laughs> yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and they're going to remember him for all the wrong reasons um, totally and it's and that and this is what you know it, it does it gets me like about coaching because you you have to essentially you're trying to manipulate someone who because I, I had a blog on this it's like if i get a guy who's been a pro for like 10 years say and he's um that's coming from junior level he's probably had about 10 different strength coaches maybe even more and then but you and your first job is to convince him that you've got his best interests at heart then you've got to try and tell him that what you've said that potentially conflicts with other people you believe in and you believe that it's going to work and help him and then he has to invest into that it's a shit storm if you're a dickhead totally um i i agree with you 100 percent. and you, you're just trying to like you just got to understand these people on a human level um you know like at the moment i'm trying to help the guys at my club get qualified as rugby coaches because that's me just trying to come away from being coach athlete with them and just being a guy that wants to help them just in case they get a career ending injury well it it goes back to that whole thing of communication and understanding that you know this is something that i have to i remind a couple coaches that i've worked with in the past it's it's yeah they're athletes but they're people first you know they're going through their own stuff yeah so you, you got to remember that and sometimes people are like well my job's just a strength coach i'm supposed to get it better but you don't understand that job title is to also you know it, it's a burden but maybe you just need to hear them out and that'll earn that trust you know just sit and let them talk to you yeah you know how many times has someone ever looked you in the face and gone do you know what i've, I've noticed you recently are you okay that goes a long way. It really does. Fuck. Some, some days I'm crying out for people to ask me that, you know, and it's just because you just want to let off one, you know, but you can't, you can't just walk up to someone and start fucking jabbering off all kinds of nonsense in their face about shit they probably don't even understand. But just having that base level of, uh, of interaction, it, it definitely, definitely makes a huge difference. Because also, you know, like, you played uh, pro football, like being... Being a Never sport. played pro football. I almost sorry. got a tryout. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> forgive me. Um, but it never happened. But my 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 biggest worry is in with the working with athletes and working with people is isn't the guys that play week in week out. It's the guys that don't, um, and how how that can really affect them because you know you grow up. Sorry, are we back? Yeah, yeah. Sh yeah. Should I will it help if I turn my camera off? Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be great. It's we're still All recording right. the the thing. So as I, all I was saying is that 
So you grow. Yeah, I heard guys week in and week out. Okay, so yeah, it's not the guy. I don't really worry about those guys because they're because they're playing week in week out. It's the guys that don't, because the reality of it is, is a yeah they're motivated to get into a team and play in a team, but what they're what they're not doing is something that they've always wanted to do since they were a child. Yeah, no, and they're still taking the the physical punishment, whether it's football or rugby. You know, they're still taking the physical punishment of the sport, and so they're getting beat up physically. And now they're getting beat up, you could say, a little bit more psychologically because they're they're not getting the the high you can say from actually participating and contribute contributing to the team and playing. Yeah, because they they're really not getting to compete. Like there is competition and, for places, but they're not in the arena. No, they're not in the arena, but they're they're practicing. And if anybody who's played on a team understands, sometimes the practice guys they get the stuff beat out of them. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, so what did this um this style back and you know going transitioning from you know playing to just full coaching now? How was that as a journey for you? Well. It, <laughs> I was young, and it, it was it was a challenge in itself. You know, you go from being on a team and being a senior and somewhat of a lead. Well, I, I felt like I was a leader. You know, I helped out me and a handful of guys. Um, then all of a sudden, you have to coach these guys, these guys that you just played with. Yeah. And I think it's the fact that I did play somewhat of a leadership role, or I did play a leadership role to these guys as a as a player. Yeah. It helped transition in the weight room you know they they would still okay you know he, he he was here he always did the stuff right i i i can trust him he, he somewhat knows what he's talking about and he's spending time with Derek, our strength coach yeah. so i think it's easier transition than some of the stories i've heard but it was still a challenge you know you because you, you gotta you gotta shut that line off like you i obviously still hung out with my guys who were seniors but the the underclassmen you, you you don't get to go out on the weekends with them anymore because you you have to draw that line in the sand and that that can be difficult. It really can be, especially when these are guys you spent two two years with and you know you, you're in the trenches with them. Then you're on the weekends with them and they're they're your friends, you know. So it's yeah. it it's it's hard, especially when you know I'm someone who really thrives off building relationships with people. Like I love it. So that was the biggest challenge for me. Mm. But the coaching itself kind of was like I always help during practice. If I saw something, that's just who I am. If I see something that's not right, I'm usually going to speak up and be like, uh, that doesn't compute. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Or this, see, this is how we need to fix it. Yeah. You know? Is it? Would you say like coaching's in your DNA? Did, uh, is your mom or your parents or your other family members and stuff work in the same sort of realm, teaching or, or anything like that? Um, I, I guess so. I mean, for sure. Um, my my dad coached me my whole life. Um, yeah. My mom was there for bits and parts of it, and my sisters were both athletes, right? My yeah. my sister Courtney, she was uh, third in the world, first in the nation for several years in water skiing. Got a full ride to ASU, and wow. she's always coached me my whole life. She every year she'd come back during the summer and run a ski school, and she coached me. Yeah. Uh, at the time, like one of my biggest things to say would be like, "I'm the only 250 plus guy you'll see do flips on a wakeboard." <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, that's a good claim to have. So I guess you've grown up like 
obviously you say your, your old man was coaching you a lot and then you had that interaction with your sister coaching you just you've just grown up with people helping you and being open with you and, and just and just just being cool with that yeah, no, that, and I think that's definitely molded me as who I am as a coach, right? Because yeah. what you just said—that's that's me. I'm I'm open about things, and I love helping people, right? Yeah, so yeah. Oh, decent. I, I like that. I, like, I think that's. I think I think you you will find. Well, this is what I'm trying to find out. That's why I'm trying to get anyone and everyone on this show that that coaches and helps people, like what their background is. Like I, I had a girl come on. Her name's Jen, and she helps. Um, for a homelessness charity and she helps with uh, the modification of human behavior which is essentially what we're doing very very similar was in environments that exposed her to just helping people and it's it's systemic you know it, i think it is is a big trait of uh of um, nature but people are nurtured to be coaches i think 100 percent. like <laughs> i've i've had athletes where you know Someone would say, "Oh, you, you've crossed the line," but what, what's crossing the line? Because I gave them food because they they couldn't afford it. Well, I was in a situation in high school where I had to stay in a, a car for a couple months and bounce around from friends, and my sister came back from school early to help me out because my dad was sick. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I won't break the rules, but I'll find a way to get around them if one of my kids needs help because they're not eating or something's wrong, or I'll, I'll find the right avenue to make sure. That yeah. they get that help because I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna let them go without, especially when I have. Yeah. You know, you just can't do that. No, a hundred percent. I think I think that's a that's a fucking valuable life lesson. If you see someone in pain or someone going through shit, it doesn't matter. There is no line. You fucking step up, and you try and help them out. Simple. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I don't give a fuck. Like they have to you have to be able to do that to be because I, I don't think i could look at myself in the face seeing someone suffering certain circle well, certain circumstances and just be like no i can't do that because i'm a coach are you fucking kidding yeah me? no like oh it's it's snowing out we're we're a campus that is on a mountain but you can't give your kids a ride up to the top of the mountain because that's an ncaa violation because you're not giving it to every student yeah. so Fuck if the you... NCAA. <laughs> uh, sometimes you definitely want to say that for sure. I'm with you, brother. Because there's things like that where it's like, look, if there's another kid who was a student standing right next to my athlete that I drove past, I would help them too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just real It's one, not special but... privilege. It's, it's a kid I know who's cold who needs a ride. Yeah. Human nature. Don't be a dick. Right? Yeah, a hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. Like, it's yeah. They, you know, it's not muddying the water. It's not crossing lines. It's not being unprofessional. It's being a fucking human being. You know. Um, Talk about a lost art. Yeah, yeah, mate. You know, like I think there was a there was this thing, um, things that weren't around in two thousand and six, and it was like WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook. And like loads of loads of stuff, like in the last sort of ten years or so, are just ruining people's lives. Well, it's so something I've I've I'm not huge into CrossFit, but I got a buddy who owns his own gym here named Pasha Urson. Guy, he switched on, smart dude, but biggest quality, he's a great 
person to people. And something we had a conversation about this yesterday. He's like, since the same thing, since 2006, as strength coaches, our challenges are changing because people are adapting and changing to technology. They're all of a sudden they're sitting forward with their hands on their phone or their video games. Mm-hmm. So we have different structural issues that we have to address because of technology that we didn't. He was telling me it's like it's now it's like six or four percent of the people are farmers in the world that are feeding the rest. Wow. I, I don't know if that's the exact number. I could be wrong, but you have people who did all this manual labor lifting things, you know, kids helping out on the farm to none, yeah. you know, or dramatically less. Yeah. And we have to address that as coaches now because it's just a whole different thing that we have to prepare for. And so we have to evolve as coaches too. It can't just be about lifting heavy. It, that's why mobility is becoming so important, which it's important regardless, mm. but to a different level, right? Yeah, 100%. Like I, I do – well, I see it in my guys in the pro environment, but I, I do work privately and we work with a lot of kids and stuff. And these young kids, they're all coming fully loaded with hip, hip impingements and they're like 13. And it's like, <laughs> oh, what are you sit doing? Much, huh? Yeah, and, it's, and these parents are talking to me like, oh, I want him to get faster. I want him to get this and that. It's like, hang on a minute. We've we got to start at, at base. We've got to start what nature should have done. And, When's the last time it played tag? Yeah, exactly. And like, and I, I put a, a tweet about it the other day. Like, especially even in the pro environment, you see a lot of all these fancy like hip lock and and all these other like crazy things. And you tell me, can anyone correct pelvic dysfunction anymore? Can anyone sit sit an athlete down and teach them how to breathe? Can anyone? actually understand what's going truly going on in the hip and, and what we need to do to control and actually focus their athletes to train it i don't think so i think it right uh you you want to hope so i think there's guys who, who know what to do and how to get it through it's whether they can get the message through but the biggest part is will will the athletes do it on their own time will they take care of the things that they need to or are they just going to go home sit down you know, watch TV, play video games. It really depends on the person, right? Yeah. No, no, I, I, com- so, I completely agree. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting in a in a barrel here. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So no, but it, it, it's true. It's, it's that rate of progression, and you know, let's, you know, I, I always find myself looking at bits and pieces, and you know, I want maybe I can try that. Maybe, I, maybe I should do this, and then I have to say to myself, well. Where do you need to start? And then it doesn't matter if they're gonna be, if their ego is gonna be hurt or, or whatever. And this is what I've, I've purposely tried to do a lot this preseason with our new players: is literally just tell them how it is. This is what, this is where you are. This is what we need to do. And I don't care if you don't like it because I'm invested in you, and I'm gonna get you there. And and that's you know that that's huge in itself is like you got to be upfront with these. The kids respect you or these pro athletes respect you a hell of a lot more when you say, look, that's our end result. This is where you are. Yeah. This is how you go about it and this is why. Yeah. Because right now, you're nowhere where we need to be. Yeah. Because if you just give them what you want, you just need, you, you're teaching them these learned behaviors of entitlement. And, <laughs> and they're, they're, they're not going to win games like that because then they'll start arguing yeah. with the referee. And it'll just transfer, then they'll argue with the coach, and then 
lo and behold, they're out of a job because the coach thinks they're a fucking dick and they sack them. Yeah, and sometimes in the college system, those kids they get cut. That's you know, they or they get you know, they go to a smaller school where they can get away with it because the school has no talent and they need someone like that. Yeah, there's like pro sport and stuff like that. Does it does sometimes live in a bubble? And I think we've got a bit of a responsibility for bringing real life into that bubble. Well, they spent a lot of time with us, so you'd hope so, right? Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. So, you know, I'm really interested because we talked about you know having something else to do, and and for you, I think it sounds like you do a lot of reflection and you kind of get it. What um, what holds you back? What holds me back is sometimes my confidence in myself, and this is something that Derek's pointed out to me. And uh, even Kier has in a couple conversations. It's I, I think I know what I'm doing, but usually what holds me back is, uh, and I don't mean my confidence in talking to people or coaching. And you know, my coaching, I, I think I'm spot on with some of this stuff. You know, but I'm human. I make mistakes. But sometimes I just have, you know, just confidence issues and some stuff. You know, I'm human. But uh, that that'd probably be what holds me back the most. But I, you know. Uh, I'm like any other, you know, male strength coach. I'm an alpha, you know, but I still, you know, have have things I'm working on. But that's just who I am, right? Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's the, that's quite a good. I like that answer. It's a very human answer. I'd probably have ended the conversation if you said, "Oh, my lack of knowledge in force profile curves or something like that." I'd be like, "Come on, mate." That that too. That too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there was something... <laughs> um, well, you answered one of my questions. Like, as I was going to say, what uh, what best animal represents you? But you've used silverback a good few times, so um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll stick that. Silverback for sure, but uh, I want to, you know, I, I want to believe, uh, you know, a lion, right? The yeah. lion's king of the jungle. Yeah, they 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 hunt, they do it all, but probably a silverback, right? Nice. Nice, I like it. Have you seen that uh, video of that silverback that's standing up and walking around standing up? Uh, dash. Uh. Second, but... Uh, um, We're doing well. We've yeah, I haven't it. seen uh, that the silverback video. Oh, it's standing crazy. Up. Just give it a Google. It's just like this huge gorilla that just stands up, starts walking around. It's will do. It's pretty trippy. Um, but the uh, the I've noticed um, just on your your Snapchat. There's something that I wanted to ask you. Like you do a lot of uncle time. Is that right? I do. I think uh, you know what that is. One of the things my I love my family. Like family time to me is it's precious. I'm always gone, so. I love spending time with my nieces and nephews. Kids, kids look at the world so simplistic, and it it reevaluates things for me. It really does. They they are awesome. Not sure I want my own yet, but I do eventually. But it's awesome to be able to. Hey, I'm gonna check this kid out. You have it back in a few hours. Yeah. Here you go, sis. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, yeah, in between toilet breaks, isn't it? Yeah, but it's 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 awesome. I love Uncle Time. Like. You know, they're, they're kids, they're learning about the world and, you know, the questions they ask, you're like, oh, that, wow, okay, why does that do that? Yeah. And then you have to figure it out and explain it to them. But 
it's uh and it's something I do notice is some people won't they'll just say that's the way it is and it's like you know kids are smarter than you really think and if you take the time to explain things to them they're yeah. pretty switched on like my nephew's three and he gets stuff yeah. and like I sit when he acts like a little turd I sit him down and have a conversation with him and like you know chance are you a big boy yes uncle okay and then I'll tell him why things are wrong and I'll sit there and make him communicate with me and then I don't punish him or make him go time out. I let him return to playing and stuff, but we had a discussion and he gets it and he doesn't make that mistake again unless his sisters beat him up, then he goes back and hits him. But yeah. that's you know, that's a whole nother thing. That's the law of the jungle, that. Yeah. He's he's learning lessons in other ways, I guess. <laughs> but I get it. My sisters had both had black belts and they beat the crud out of me growing up. Yeah, fair play. Fair enough. That's that's uh, no, it's decent. The um, a good question, you know. Given talking about, you know, what else do you do and stuff? Have you got anything uh, particular on your bucket list that you want to do this year? Uh, this year bucket list. I don't know. I'm ever since you know working for here in Japan and getting to see a bit of the world. Like my life's always been football, sport, and never really having time off. You know, it's been my life and like. Uh, I did a couple things with my ex-girlfriend where we traveled, but not really like that's that's something I haven't done. So, you know, my undergrad's in history, and so okay. I love things like that. And I I would love to go over to Europe and see some. Obviously, I'm gonna reach out to coaches. I'd love to meet you in person. That's yeah. just you know, I went to Australia for like 14 days, 18 days, and I think I spent 14 of the days with different staffs oh, wow. <laughs> to see what they do. And I, I got to see parts that I wanted to see because yeah. that's me. But I also wanted, you know, I'm always going to go see, all right, these guys are the best at GPS and catapult. Why? Why are they the best? I want to know. So I went over there. And, you know, I spent – I got to spend two days at uh, GWS with David Joyce and his staff. He's a great coach, great leader, yeah. and a real smart man. You know, he's a good human. Yeah. Um, these guys we're talking about. And then you see some other guys over there. They're just – they're just really smart and don't but they don't they don't have the culture we have in the states where we cultivate coaches you know that's we coach coaches they they cultivate science right yeah, and yeah. i think it needs to be a bit of both yeah. and so i but back to the question my bucket list i'd like to i'd like to go over to europe and uh bits of you know africa and more of asia i just yeah. i just kind of want to see the world but whatever one i can afford in the next year would probably be the one that happens yeah just do it man the the best thing that i ever did was buy a cork board atlas that goes on my wall and I okay just, I, i've stuck colored flags in it to see where i have been and then i stick flags into where i want to go and then i realized the world is much bigger than that and as it is and you've just got this visual cue of how big the real the, the picture is you know so it, for me I, I walk past it every day as i come in and out of my uh, of my room so it, it gives me that just that little uh, little message you know there's there's still still stuff to be discovered totally and it, you're right the world's huge <laughs> yeah. you know talk go living in japan you were there you visited kier it's like talk about a busy city but then you come back home and you're like yeah that's still going on over there yeah yeah and it's it, yeah, it's crazy when you're just dropping in and out of different cultures and, um, you know, 
there was a pretty decent culture shock going to Japan, I have to say, because it, it's quite like <laughs> you wouldn't you agree that it's 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 really westernized, but it's they've just fucked it up. Yeah, they're uh, you know I was there for six months with Kira, and you know they do simple things really complicated and complicated things really simple. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, and and they you know they do it in their own way, and it's an absolute fabulous place. Um, but yeah, some of it's just like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> I've had those experiences there. Uh, so something I did, uh, I messed up and uh, got. I was cha- uh, part of the contract was you get a bicycle, so you ride your bike every day. And I started chafing. I went and got baby powder, and somehow lost in translation. I told the lady at the store I needed crushed babies, and she looked at me like I was <laughs> crazy. <laughs> well, white boy asked crush baby so i had to clear that one up yeah yeah that's that's brilliant did you pick up much japanese in the time that you were there uh, a few words i can count to i think 20 and then you know some basic stuff suimasen was my number one go-to which means excuse me or pardon me oh, okay. so i'm always bumping into people and they're you know it's pretty compact right yeah yeah no it's definitely definitely the um yeah it's just crazy yeah I th- unless you unless you go there you really can't put put words to it but i went out to uh i went to the samurai museum when i was out there and that was um that was pretty special it was a very very enlightening experience I talk about culture and civilization and just being badass samurai definitely had it down they most definitely and you know what's even cooler is how much honor the people who ran that museum and the they put into it, like how how special it is to them. It's not just a museum, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, they were they were really like, incredibly good to me. Like I went and then went back because I knew that they, they did the sword display, but, and I was like, I I was here the other day. Can I come see the sword? And they were like, Yeah, yeah, come in. Here's a ticket. Whatever. I want you to see this. You know, you've made the effort to come back. So yeah, that was that was that was pretty. That was just nice from them you know um i was just gonna i was gonna think a couple of uh this is a good one talking about samurai swords um if you could master one skill that you don't have right now what would it be and it it can't be related to coaching something different can't be related to coaching no. and i can master anything master one skill you know, i would really like to play guitar or a, a, a piano or something like that like musical school skill i think a guitar would be pretty cool yeah i'm tone deaf so if you hear me sing along the songs that's why i always choose <laughs> disney i know the tunes pretty well yeah. but uh <laughs> i think it'd be cool to be able to yeah play a guitar yeah it's, i mean at the, at the moment i'm really into some like my folk music and sort of that sort of stuff it's just it'd be that would be something pretty cool because it's just relaxing it's just mellow you know i think but people find um playing music quite therapeutic as well yeah i mean if i if i could just magically master skill for sure but i think the work that goes into it might yeah. get a little nerve-wracking at first you're like man my, my fingers small strings this is yeah. frustrating yeah and then you go and then you look at, look at hendrix and what he did and how he that's incredible right 
A hundred percent. Once, you know, mastery level person yeah. at what they did. Just like you're, you mentioned earlier about a uh, Ronaldo, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just these guys are in- incredible. You can put it, put it pretty simply. I think um, the uh, the the interesting thing that I find, you know, how would because for me, what, how would you split accomplishment and fulfillment? Um, so a good friend of mine said, Cedric Ewenholtz, I, I'm someone who puts accomplishments kind of fulfillment for me, but that's, I'm, you know, I'm wired maybe different than some, but simply said, we want to accomplish in our work life, right? And that's kind of fulfilling, but if you have a good home life, that's fulfilling too, right? Yeah. So it's both can't be shit. One has to be good. Fulfillment would be both is good. And so uh, this conversation I had with Cedric, and you know, he enlightened me about all this. But yeah, I think fulfillment is having that uh, that good home life, and probably you know, accomplishment would be more of the work life because. You you could be that person who says, well, if I have this this kind of wife and X amount of kids, I'm accomplished. But it's more of, are you happy? Like, yeah, is what you're doing make you happy? That, that's fulfillment to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, definitely. We've had a, we've had a lot of guys that have come on and they really likened it to uh, a real transitional state, like in between both all the time. Yeah, and 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 they disappear as well. Those feelings. Um, I was listening to uh, Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan's latest podcast, and and he he's really interesting. Like he's ridiculously intelligent, um, and he he says that for us to really have that sort of sense of of happiness we need to recognize the extremely bad in us that makes sense you know what i mean like to be extremely happy uh yeah you gotta know what's wrong and what's bad because then you it's almost uh, how i'm understanding and seeing is would be we need to fix that or address those issues to be happy right yeah yeah no 100 percent and I could be wrong. I mean, sometimes uh, no clue. I try not to, you know, as Charlie Francis said, think twice, speak once. So. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Because it, it's been playing on my mind. And it, it, you know, how, you know, he's saying, um, do you follow much of Jordan Peterson stuff? I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I could follow more people, but I, I, I'm, you know, I get stuck in my groove and follow things I'm comfortable with because I know it works and I I do I'm I'm very open minded I'm not opposed to learning from other people I think yeah. I books outside of coaching cuz yeah. I think that made me a better coach but uh as far as listening to podcasts sometimes I just get stuck in a groove of listening to things mm. I like right but he's a he's a psychologist so he's not a coach he's He's, um, okay. He yeah. He's you should just check him out. He's he's in, he's incredible because it is it's so transferable. Um, you said Jordan Peterson, yeah. Jordan Peterson, yeah. 
Um, yeah, he's okay. got he's got right. like all of his. He puts his whole syllabus of of. Um, he's from Canada. He puts his uh, university syllabus on YouTube. Um, and it's it's mind blowing. But if you start with this podcast, with especially with Joe Rogan, because he's a bit of a ledge. Um, <laughs> he's a wild card, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoy listening to that guy and it, the way he interacts and and speaks with his guests on the show. It's just it, it's really cool because for me, I don't know about you, learning. I learn so much from the podcast because it's. I'm also I'm eaves, eavesdropping, but I'm involved. I'm listening to someone react to someone else reacting because that's how proper conversations go and that's how they grow. You know, I won't, yeah, I won't pull, spot on. I won't pull back on something old because I, I want to bounce with where you're going and how you're feeling with it with our conversation uh, because I'm going to learn more and, and that's what I find with the good podcasts and good interviews. I think they do that the best. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, and that's you know, and as, as much as you you should try and stay away from coaching, but that's that's coaching too is being able to react and communicate with people, and that that shows you that you are a student of it all. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, I think, and that's that's a big thing. I'm really working with myself towards it. Yeah, it is. It, it's kind of it's, it, you. You basically have to vertically integrate yourself in and out. Of the coaching arena, in your levels of exposures and undulating stress, to keep you. <laughs> Sounds like programming, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vertical integration. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, and it, and that's how I, that's how I feel because because that's how you're going to get the best out of your athletes. That's how you're going to get the best out of you. Because first and foremost, like a tired, upset, poor nurtured like unhealthy unfit coach it's not going to get the best out of their athletes and you see a lot of coaches who are that though is that unfit and I fell into that where I was like oh, I don't need to run I can lift heavy and be okay and it's really not okay you should be if you can't do some of the stuff you're like if age or injury prohibits you but if you can't do the stuff you're asking your athletes to do yeah. and you're not even attempting it I don't know I see a problem in that yeah, but me too, hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's why I still I don't have the experience. With all these guys, I guess, yeah. but Alver Mills still lifts and runs, and he's probably one of the best of all time, right? Yeah, yeah. and he coached three pro sports in the U.S. Different sports. <laughs> that's some. That is. Uh, that's some skin in the game there. Um, yeah. What's uh, like? Tell me if you if you had known me for ten years, what story would you tell me? That sums you up the most. What story would I tell you that sums me up? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if a story, but I mean, if if I've known you for ten years, yeah, you have that story with me. Like I'm about creating experiences with my bud, so yeah. you you would know, you know. But uh, yeah. what story sums me up the best? That's a good answer. No, you don't even have to tell me. It's all good. That's a great answer. Yeah, no, it's decent. That's yeah. That's exactly what I was looking for. So, I'm uh, I'm, try- I'm probing you. I'm trying to uh, dig deep <laughs> here, man. Um, so, like, we've been. It shows. Well, we've been just over an hour or so. Um, so okay. We'll uh, we'll look to start wrapping things up. Like, I think um, you know, 
Uh, if I was if I was to say just like from the hour, I think I think you've spent a lot. Obviously, a lot of time with Derek. I think I think you you mentioned at one point he he almost acted like a a, a stepdad to you. Would you say that? You well, he was, like, he was there. What? Would you say that you sort of really looked up to him? Would you say that I wouldn't say so? It goes far as say as a hero, but a really influential character in your life. Hundred percent, and it, but I, I say that for uh, all my mentors. Like I pulled something from Coach Pelosi and Cleet and Cure. Yeah. And but Derek, especially though, because I spent so much time with Derek, and there's, you know, I had a lot of concussions playing sport. I probably shouldn't have played my senior year. Yeah. Like I had a lot, and uh, there's sometimes I was seeing the black dog and depressed, and uh, yeah. he, uh, uh, he always kept me up and just you know showed me that it'll, it'll be okay sometimes and it's something he's working with arp it's something you should we can talk about it another time but yeah. he's helped me out a lot with that and i don't have that issue anymore but also to the girl i was dating at the time i came home one time and i i, I was really emotional over like i think it was like not having ketchup or something and it's because i had a concussion she basically said look you're done playing contact sports or we're breaking up and i'm so grateful to her to this day because of that like because yeah. my knucklehead butt would have kept playing yeah. yeah and so but yeah back to Derek. he's yeah he i look up because he was a good human to another human yeah. and that sums it up you know yeah 100 percent. got that got those fundamentals in order got his house in check Hundred percent. He he built from the ground up. Yeah, man. So if we let's, uh, I'll chuck you some quick fires. Um, okay. Superhero power. What would it be? Flying. Nice. What would you do with that power? Oh, go see the world, brother. Yes. Come on, <laughs> say hi. Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. What's uh, what's your go-to breakfast? Go-to breakfast. Uh. I'm I'm a leftovers guy. I love eating leftovers. Nice, a roast dinners for uh, breakfast, eh? Hundred percent. Love leftovers. Hundred percent. I like that. I like that. Um, are you uh, black coffee or fancy latte? I'm cold black coffee. It was December in Japan. I'm getting iced coffee. Yeah. Ice black coffee. Uh, on I walked to training to see Kit. I drank three of one of those, those vending coffees on the way. And I was just awesome. Like, hey, yeah. Did you get a hot one or a cold one? Or uh, both? Cold, three cold coffees on on the on that twenty minute walk. <laughs> they uh, got that right though. They, those vending machines are awesome over there. I love it. Yeah, that is one thing, and it's they're cheap as well. They are cheap. Um, you know, uh, if you uh, this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. If so, if you were to go back in time or go to any point in time and meet someone. And have a conversation. Who would it be, and you know what would you say? <sighs> oh, this is gonna sound messed up to some people, but the two people, Charlie, for the obvious reasons, right? Yeah. Charlie Francis. But honestly, just because my time, my degree, and how much time I spent with it, Hitler. Ah. And it's not because. I think what he did is wrong and sadistic and everything about it. But the man was a good leader. And if you can't see that, that's 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 a shame because 
You know, you got to be able to learn from it. And he was. And I just want to know how. I, it's not that I'd want to ask him. I just want to communicate with him and see how he talked to people because he got people to buy into some shitty stuff. Yeah. And I want to know how he did that. Yeah. No, I, you're the second person that's actually said Hitler. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't come at it from your angle. He just he just wanted to know why. He was just going to sit and look at him and just go, why? But that's a, I just, know, that's he, a he's a bad person. That's my answer for why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he had some serious issues that he never worked out. He didn't, he didn't recognize the evil in him, and then make a difference. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Um. So we okay. So we'll wrap it up there. So we have a ice black coffee flying silverback human, um, in uh, <laughs> in dash. Thank you very much for this today, mate. I really, really appreciate it. It's been uh, it's been really good getting to know you. Likewise, Sam. I appreciate the conversation. And uh, if everything goes through with this job, I'd love to have follow up and just chat with you, brother. A hundred percent. So, social media. Um, put out your handles. Like, tell tell everyone where they can uh, connect with you. Um, D Buncher. D B U N T J E R is my Twitter and my. Uh, my Instagram, I'm Dash, D-A-S-H, Buncher, B-U-N-T-J-E-R, um, at Gmail. You can drop me a line if you ever need anything or just have questions. Or you hit me up on my social media. Same for Facebook is my first name, last name. You know, Feel free to ever ask me anything or if you want an introduction to someone. I'm, you know, It's all about giving back. So if any of you listening feel like I can help you in any way, I'd, I'd like to do that. Awesome. Thank you. That's a testament to yourself, just the way you wrap that up there. So um, for those who are listening, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Like I make it, I make this point every time. I, first and foremost, I do this for myself, and then I just want to give you a little bit of an insight into how my brain works and my new friend's brains work too. So share it, enjoy it, slate it. Doesn't really bother me too much, but I just want to let you know that uh, that I'm coming back and I'm bringing more heat. So for now, it is Sports Talks, and I will see you on the other side.